sorry, Robbie. Let's get into this. So, uh, Robbie, you're a uh, filmmaker who moved from New Jersey to L.A. and made a movie called The Outwaters that takes place in the desert. I, uh, I, have, I have a lot of questions for you. Well, I moved to L.A. and then I got dumped and then I made The Outwaters. <laughs> okay, now it's all coming together. Yeah. Now, is that an integral part of making The Outwaters getting dumped or was that just consequential? No, that was like 13 years ago. Okay. But maybe maybe some long long standing effects from that. I mean, you know, we never know. Possibly. There we go. I feel oh, like this question really helped me get a boyfriend because it. Makes <laughs> super well, cute. come out here. You know, if most of the Bay Area wasn't terrified, I'd say uh, you'd have an easy time. But is the after um, party going to be at a gay bar for me? Uh, well, I mean. Where the fuck is? Are we doing an after party? We mostly do a pre-party here, and it will oh. be out on what Sixteenth Street? Where the hell is the ATA located? Uh, that's like twenty second. Yeah, I don't know. We could find one for you. We can go perusing with you. Oh wait, was I supposed to answer a question? By <laughs> no. the word podcast. I'm sorry, bro. I I want to come in here and just mess with you so bad because this is my first podcast. Oh, really? Is it really? Yeah. Well, they're all this awkward and terrible, so get used to it. I love it. Well, Robbie, now my first question for you is, what the hell have you been talking to Oksana about for all these hours? Boys, no. She uh, doesn't have good taste. You don't, like, she picked me. <laughs> so you you don't want to help. Oksana, what do I talk to you about? I feel like boys. We've been talking about drama a bunch. Wait, he wasn't joking? <laughs> I mean, yeah, partially. I thought I was on like a dating podcast right now. Okay. Yeah, Clark. That's why we have Randy here. (laughs) Yeah, Randy's last date ended with him uh, with his pockets in his sweatshirt, tripping on the curb and uh, leaving a blood stain. So I feel like. Oh, I know. We talk about Thomas Burke. Yeah. Interesting. Now, we, how did, how did you start talking to Robbie? Was it through Thomas? No, so I found the Outwaters on Letterboxd, and I read a, a really great review of it, so I reached out to him for a screener, and he got kind of weird and was saying, can I talk to you on the phone? I was like, uh, I don't, yeah, and then we talked, but it's it was. I remember that night, because Oksana went upstairs, and normally when her parents call, she'll like leave the room. I don't know, what is it, you're embarrassed of talking in Russian or something? No, just. You always down. do. Just being private. You're talking about me. And I've learned that when you hang out with her and her parents, if they're speaking Russian, it, it doesn't look good for you. Oh. Learn Russian. I, I want to. There you go. And she went upstairs and I was like, what? she's been gone for like two and a half hours. Oops, and I went up sorry. there. <laughs> no, it's fine. And then you go up and she and Robbie are speaking in Russian. You're like, what the hell is going on here? Non, je parle français. <laughs> Ooh. I, I, the only thing I remember in French is like, uh, to a oh shit yep la sausage i think or like un fight de papier la sausage yeah i think so i think i wanted to talk to her because she seemed fun am i doing it wrong (laughs) i don't uh, you also have bad taste (laughs) (laughs) anyway so robbie i know i don't know why i feel like i know you already and uh i just wanted to mess with you but there are a lot of people really anticipating watching your movie and for some reason, you didn't want to premiere with us. 
we are doing the theatrical premiere, but wait, so you screened at like a New Jersey online film fest first off? <clears throat> it's the, well, it's from my hometown is where the festival technically took place. Yeah, so right. I have a full circle moment, but the reason I didn't want to submit last year is because this is the first time I was submitting anything to anywhere. And I, a lot of them that I was submitting to said, you, you know, it has to be the premiere thing. I just wanted to hold off a little bit. Yeah. The whole premiere thing. Well, now I know I'm like, I, I'm, I didn't enjoy a lot of the festival stuff. So <laughs> now I'm just going to submit to where things seem like fun, cool people. Yeah. There's a weird culture in um, the film fest world. And there's a, like, we get into battles with other film fest about premiere stuff because honestly, I mean, I'm the type, I don't care. I just want to show cool stuff that I think found footage fans can, you know, generate a lot of conversation or energy for in a way that other fests can't. But then, you know, we have neighboring film fest who will steal movies from us and be like, you can't screen with them because they're doing it a week earlier and we need the California premiere or the West coast premiere yeah, or it's the American the drama. Cause I wanted this to be like a real housewives of Beverly Hills. Hills <laughs> I want to hear all of the drama. I mean, there's not really a lot. Like I don't know anybody that runs that film fest who I don't know why I'm not naming, but I, I guess I'll keep it that way. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of dumb. You just got to learn to work it because there are 50 different kind of premieres you can do. Which is why I think we're going to label yours as theatrical. Yeah, I'm excited about that. The Jersey one was supposed to be um was supposed to be in person, but then they canceled it because of Omicron. Oh, another French word. Yeah, like the unnamed footage festival three is kind of a we feel a little responsible for the the little COVID thing. Yeah, that was us. Yeah, exactly. We we did hand out bats as a. uh, yeah we had bat soup it was a bad idea and you know right when our festival ended we went right into lockdown so the stars have aligned and now that we're back and doing it in theaters i fingers crossed but i think we might be out of it i mean we're dropping mask mandates out here and uh i feel like the bay area kind of worships the whole disease thing right now so Mm. yeah i don't know i i have a good feeling though and i'm I'm glad we're going to get to show this in the theater I'm excited. Um, it's a big life moment for me to see a movie I made in a theater. So that'll be a first. So I appreciate the opportunity a lot. So this, uh, well, I mean, Hey, we, I love you. Oksana has nothing but good things to say, but we're only showing the film because it's great. Oh, and <laughs> she did tell me before that you had filmed what, what the hell was this like paranormal ghost thing about people who just hang out and smoke cigarettes? Oh yes. <laughs> It was my, back in the day, I had a, back when YouTube channels were more of a thing in like 2009 and 10, I had a Reno 911 style ghost show, but (laughs) the premise was the ghost hunters like didn't really believe in anything. Anytime anything happened, they actually just ran and shut down production and generally they just smoke cigarettes and hook up. And you didn't cast Clark. (laughs) He started smoking cigarettes this year as, uh. I want to say a bit, but I think it, I think it's real. I mean, you know, we're, I, I'm going for a year. Then I'll give up. I have to quit. I'm a smoker. How long? Too long. Uh, since I was 18, 19. I started at 34. <laughs> <laughs> what do well, you yeah. smoke, Robbie? 
Marlboro Lights like Carrie Bradshaw and Sex in the City, which I'm sure your listeners will love. They, they do. Uh, we got shit. We got a critique for not talking to somebody who worked on uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and not delving deeper into that. So don't worry. You're in good hands. It's technically found footage. What? Sex in the City? No, Queer Eye for the... Oh. I don't know. I feel... How? Well, I guess it could be a faux doc. Isn't... Well, Qu- Queer Eye for the Straight... That's where they do like the... Uh the makeovers and stuff yeah. and it's all reality based so technically it's like a big found footage dump you could you could make an argument that reality tv you know i've never thought of that well all realities well, i would want to put out in the universe right now that i want to make the real housewives found footage horror movie and cast all the best housewives and then do it like a found footage film the real housewives of amneville <laughs> yes like something like that that's good you could you use that 100% I know just how to do it. It'll be perfect. You get the real drama, but then some fun stuff. Okay. Well, hold on. No, no, no. Let's dig in here (laughs) because now the problem with found footage is like when you take something like reality TV, you get a lot of visual tropes. So when, when I imagine um, it's a found footage version, I imagine like kind of hacky things like, Oh, the lights are out and everybody has to record themselves. So I don't know. What would your, uh, What's your vision for this? Are we doing like an actual TV crew or is everybody walking around with a GoPro? No, they would film it just like a Housewives show and then something bad would happen on one of the shoots. But it would be filmed just like the rest of it. But yeah. I think what you do, you just get a big mansion. You do the regular production. You just lock them all in there, crew included. You kill everybody. No. Kyle Richards is my fave. So then you you uh, put a bug tent over the building and you say, if you stop filming, we're going to gas you. I can't let the um, plot details leak this early. <laughs> but it'll be good, and I, I promise. Why are you putting a bug tent? Is there a German roach infestation? And there's a challenge of who can kill not, the most German roaches? I'm not touching that. Thank you for bringing <laughs> I know a lot about cockroaches. What do you want? No, okay. Well, let's, that went let's, over my head. You know, so Clark used to be a stand-up, and all of his jokes were what references to things that nobody would get. You, it was a okay. First of all, no. Second of all, kinda. Give us a joke. I haven't done jokes in eight I, years, but you're so funny. I know you could just pull. I it don't ra- like this. I, I don't like what's happening. Come on, time. no. Do one of the like mashup uh, reference. Or, uh, I, I don't remember them. Tell me about that seagull. What's that seagull in the background? Oh, man. I was yeah, trying to see you. Again, well, yeah, we, we started doing video in our <laughs> chats. So you picked one of the weirdest items back there. We had a, uh, a buddy who used to be located in the Bay Area that would do custom toys, and he felt inspired to do the A24 lighthouse seagull oh okay (laughs) that that is the appropriate response by the way did you see me i had to do parkour to get that fucking thing and then your reaction is oh okay i thought it was from the birds and i got excited you know i'm okay when we were working at a warehouse together we had a uh co-worker who brought me a plastic like it couldn't have been a shittier looking lawn ornament and he was like, oh, this was used in the Hitchcock movie. 
And I'm like, you mean the birds? And he's like, yeah, it was a background. Do you remember that? No. We had it in the warehouse. They put it up on the wall. And I'm like, that was not in the movie. I don't remember. Yeah. That at all. So uh, our our replicate of um, the lighthouse seagull is much better. So you should be impressed. It is good, even though That's that right. movie is garbage. Uh, you're an idiot. <laughs> so Robbie, are you a found footage fan? What got you into the in world camera genre? Um, it's cheap, and uh, I have no, not many resources. <laughs> I like. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Blair Witch Project is one of my favorite movies of all time. Let alone like horror movies or found footage movies. It's just one. Of, so I love that. And I've seen a handful of them and they're hit or miss just like any other kind of movie. But I like the freedom that, you know, you get a lot of freedom when you make something like this. Well, there's like no rules, really. I mean, there are rules and people might choose to like hang you for them. But yeah, Steinberg, it's it's so touch and go, because if you make a fucking good film, nobody complains that there's background music. So I, I don't we know. did year one. We got better. We did. We, but we've learned. And I think, you know, the culture has moved to where people forgive a ton of shit now. Yeah. Um, it's in, were you a film fan before? In general? Like, yeah, in general. Yeah. Like, do you have a criterion collection or anything? Oh girl. Yes. No, I have like 2,500 Blu-rays. I went to film school in New York and right. I've been, I've been making movies since I was like 10. So it's always been, it, it, there was never a question of what I wanted to do since I was little. I wanted to be a marine biologist when I saw Jaws, and then after a few years, I wanted to make movies like Jaws. So. Well, you know, good. Then I don't have to yell at you for having a great eye naturally. I'm, uh, I'm very happy to know that you had an education and came there gradually. Because, dude, it's funny. I read a critique of the sacrament on uh, Found Footage Critic a long time ago, and it always hung with me. Is that the Thai West? One. Yeah, the Ty West one. And they were complaining that the uh, you know, the device of the film is the Vice went out there and they're filming and they're all professional. And then somebody had handed off the camera to just a local like um victim of the cult and they were doing a, an even greater job of capturing the action. And it was always weird to me, but now I kind of pay attention to it. And man, you've got a hell of an eye for a frame. Like The Outwaters is a beautifully framed movie. And um, I was going to yell at you if you just picked up a camera and kind of made it happen. Thank you. No, I've been I've been shooting stuff since I was 10. So I think it, it just comes from practice and having good taste. <laughs> <laughs> now, so what kind of films do you gravitate to, Robbie? Like what's uh, what's a young Robbie, a teenage Robbie? What what do you start getting into? What really got you interested in film? I think, well, I got interested in film. A lot younger, I think, like before high school, it was King Kong and Jaws, Jurassic Park, uh, Titanic. The, the uh, original King Kong or the Jeff Bridges bullshit? No, the original King Kong. Okay, just check it. That's the first movie I remember watching was King Kong. Um, uh, high school, though, it was like Requiem for a Dream, Jackie Brown, Wild Things, <laughs> Scream. Sure. Uh Donnie Darko, Run Lola Run, that kind of sure. everything that seemed, you know, the things that I finally just started discovering things that were different than what I had been watching. I like how Wild Things made that list. Yeah, it's a good oh, movie. A big, big Wild Things fan. It's such swamp trash. I love. Oh, it's it. so good. <laughs> I just watched it. A couple I've seen ago. all the Wild Things. I think there are four. I've seen all. Are of you them. lying? I've I can't it. tell. I've seen every Wild Things. 
I used there's, to rent the other ones and fast forward to certain scenes, but wait, there are four. There's four. Yeah. Did they lose all, all like, of the original cast right like, away? Um, yes. Wild Things, Wild Things Two, Wild Things Three, and I think there's like Wild <laughs> Things, Diamonds in the Rough or something. Yeah. <laughs> they were all like straight to DVDs things. Yeah. I got I because I didn't have to pay for them. It's all at the uh, hey, movie store. N- no shame, dude. I'm just saying. I mean, I've seen all the Bring It Ons. Well, there. How many are those? I don't know anymore. Four, five. I only in it to win. It's the best one. Do you know? I've only seen the one Bring It On because in the hometown I grew up in, um, which is a weird way to phrase a sentence. Of course, hometowns <laughs> where you grew up. There was a hamburger restaurant named Big D's. Okay. Now Big D's. The thing at Big D's <laughs> is that it was a hole in the wall. It's everything you want. They had a glory hole, too. The The menu, he didn't have a menu. Okay. But you just had to know what he called his hamburgers just by <laughs> word of mouth. And it was all like, you could get like a 10 patty hamburger, and he called it the T-Rex. And then there was the Godzilla that was five patties. The Terminator was four. It's very strange. But all the cheese, it was government cheese. Oh. That was good. But anyway, for whatever reason, <laughs> every single time you would go into Big D's, he would only play Bring It On. With the original? Yes. It was on a loop. Can Weird. I tell you how excited I am for the description box of this podcast? It's going to have Bring It On, <laughs> The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Make sure you get that in there. And um, Wild Things. Well, and, and government cheese. And, and go ahead. And, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you uh, know now that you will be thoroughly disappointed because Clark writes those descriptions, and uh, <laughs> I keep it very brief. <laughs> He'll probably note that his baseball team won, and that's it. Fourteen to one, three and zero. Start to you. Thank you. So Congratulations. Much. Thank you so much. Now, when I asked you earlier about uh, being a found footage fan, I I could pick up a little hint of guilt there, like you're not a huge fan, and. Honestly, that supports one of my favorite theories that I came up with, which is that found footage actually, you know, even though it is under the umbrella of horror, most of the people who come to it and enjoy it that are filmmakers don't give a fuck about horror. And they kind of just come over and they're film fans normally. Now, the audience, on the other hand, they're horror fans mostly. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of women in there. There's a lot of like true crime fans in there too, which is a little weird. But I, I think um, we're in better hands when they're not just horror fans. You end up with the Wes Craven effect, where all he did was make horror movies, and they're not all great. Right. Well, the big thing is, to speak on Robbie's point, it's, it, it's been the point of many people we've had on the show. It's a cheap way to make movies, and it's yeah. a good way to make your first movie. And so, you know, we, we've we've seen that, and I think that we've we've had a lot of different type of found footage movies just in the past five years alone. Oh um, yeah, you know. So I I think that it's it's a growing uh, niche market. So you've got a film, and I I wasn't joking when I mentioned the how highly anticipated it was. Uh, how is the business end treating you now? I imagine you got to be talking to distribution companies and. I mean, all the like very corporate end of this art you've made. Um, I don't know. I'm still figuring all of that out. It's the first time I finished a movie enough, a feature that I could start entering it and things. So um, I get, I'm getting some emails, but I'm kind of holding off right now on a lot of, I'm like holding off on discussions because I just want to kind of let it play at some festivals and then focus on that. I'm doing a reshoot of, uh, some stuff right after the 
unnamed footage festival. So I also am like holding off um, on like sales type things until I get the reshoot done. All right. Now you went to film school. Please, yeah. please help me understand. We, we talked to a lot of uh, like new found footage filmmakers who make incredible work. And I remember this first came up when we were talking to a non anon from uh, Murder, Death, Koreatown. I own five different cuts of that movie. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you look back through film history, and this has never been a thing. Yet, you know, we're sitting here with you, and we're talking about recuts. And uh, the past couple of months, we've had guests on here who have done multiple recuts. We've had, uh, we showed a film the last time we were at the physical theater. And I believe one of those movies had 17 cuts. Dude, peeping and, Tommy or our buddy Thomas Burke. Yeah, you're right. Peeping Tommy. He had a bunch. He's like, what cut do you want? Yeah. And even Thomas like, oh, my God, we're we're going to show a short of his. I believe the last time I talked to him, he was on cut 19. I'm like, what is it about found footage? It's is it like the shooting ratio? Do you have a lot of footage and you're just you know, like rethinking it for me? Well, first of all, I don't want there to be a bunch of cuts. There's going to be one cut. I don't like having different cuts. I hate it. I think there should be one movie and it should stand on its own. And I don't even like deleted scenes because then that, then I'm like, why uh, I want this scene in it or this scene shouldn't, uh, you know, anyway, there will be one final cut. The one I'm doing in March is just like a necessity. I have to fix something. So, but the ultimate, so, but so there will be this festival cut, but that won't, there will only be one, like there will not be five DVDs with different versions or anything like that. Well, tell Criterion to clean up their act on that shit. Very controversial what's happening with their a cut of Miller's Crossing. Very controversial. Yeah. I they, cut out, they cut out 40 seconds. Oh, they did? And people are losing their goddamn mind. Oh, well, it's probably... Why? Why did they cut them out? Was there a Confederate flag in no, the background? No, they're, they're saying that this was a Coen Brothers cut, and but they didn't say that anywhere on the packaging. And they're like, why is the runtime 40 seconds shorter? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Robbie has ever done this. I know you haven't. But when you get in the fucking forums on like Scream Factory, it gets crazy. I used to in college with Criterion and I got out. Dude, people are like, you're missing a frame or like the color correction here isn't like you. Yeah, dude. And Criterion, you know how people I mean, I made a joke earlier. People put them on a fucking pedestal. But yet they have the whole Michael Bay catalog, so I don't know what's going on there. Well, this brings a, 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 a nice little tangential topic. Uh, Robbie, are you, a, are you a review reader? Do you like to read reviews on your work, or do you kind of want to stay away from all that I'm stuff? Finding, I'm figuring that out right now because there have never been reviews on my work until right now. <laughs> so I've been liking it so far because they're all good, but I know that when a bad... I mean, there was someone said in Reddit something, and it yeah. wasn't like... And I, and I was like really annoyed by it so i can't imagine but it wasn't a bad review it was just like one thing that they kind of like didn't get and i got frustrated so i can't i'm sure i'm not going to like it when i start to get bad reviews which of course there will be or you'll grow numb (laughs) (laughs) one one of the two one of the two things are going to happen i mean i've got a pretty good about taking criticism i got used to that because i show the movie to a million people individually and get their genuine try to get their genuine reactions and then you know if there's a running theme and i agree with it then i'll make changes and if i think they're wrong then i won't but i've gotten good at taking criticism so i think 
But then it'll be a little harder once I'm like, this is the finished movie. And then it's a bad review. Then I'll be like, uh, we can't change that. Now, do you go digging for these uh, reviews or do they, you know, people send them to you? No, I mean, for this so far, it's just on Letterboxd from the individuals that I sent it to and then from the New Jersey okay. Festival. So there's not that many up there and it's they're all in one place. Okay. Now, you would think Letterboxd might have, uh, I don't know, more thoughtful reviews. You'd think. But, you know, I love my scariest 61st, and there's some ignorant fucking, like, almost like film critic parallel of, I didn't watch the movie, but I hate it because of what it is things. So, Robbie, uh, one thing we can really offer you at mm-hmm. the Unnamed Footage Festival is we we do have a thoughtful audience, and they will come out there, and they're mostly honest. But one of the things about interacting with people in person is you can tell when they're lying to you. So mm-hmm. if somebody's kind of fidgety, you can read it. But, dude, I think this film's going to play incredibly in a theater. 100%. Also, you know, it's a little it's a little tricky because I, I want to dig into your film. But I also don't want to say anything about it. And I want people to come in and watch it blind because it really takes you on a ride. And... uh we have a super fan out here that loves uh, the Unnamed Footage Festival, and he watched your film streaming. And I've been in a group chat with him and Thomas, and he has just been like throwing out theories of what the movie's about. And I mean, it's not my film, but I have a lot of fun just like looking at it. So I don't know. I, I hope you've been having a go oh, for it. Yeah, sorry. That makes me think of something, because I, I, this is something I've had to think about for the first time. Obviously, the movie has different things that you can, like, deduce from it. Um, and I had to, like, make the conscious decision that I'm just not going to tell people what I think it is or what my intent was, because it takes the fun out of it. And then, plus, there have been films that I've seen and loved, and I had my theory on it. And then I hear the director talk about what the director said it was, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. So even when I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you and I appreciate you not giving your opinion because you know what? Once it's out there, you don't own it anymore. And if people are throwing it around, I think that's the highest praise you can get, especially now when there's entertainment everywhere and we could easily move on and stop thinking about it. But when people are like mulling it over, coming up with new ideas, like I just rewatched it again. I reworked my whole theory. I'm gonna have to run it by you, but I'm not gonna tell you, but I want to hear it. No, please don't. Earlier on, when we were just doing like a blog and reviewing stuff, I remember I got a very direct answer to a theory I had, and I just remember hearing the director and going, "Uh, "You're wrong." (laughs) Like, like honestly, and I feel like that's. I mean, if Star Wars fans have shown us anything, you can (laughs) bully a production into making the movie you think it is. Well, especially when it's limp dip. George Lucas. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he sucks. We all know it. Well, I also just, I like it when people get excited about a movie or, or what they think it is. And I don't want to take anything away from someone by saying, actually, this is what, you know what I mean? It's like, whatever. Just Well, it, it kind of ruins it too, especially with found footage, because one of the great things about the outwaters is, you know, you have a prompt up front. And uh, you give a little bit of an explanation of how the footage has been compiled. And then we move through it. And one of my favorite things about kind of um, found footage is when we don't have a lot of like context, like connective tissue. And we have an edit where we're in a new location, but it hasn't been like set up. And then as an audience member, especially me, where I feel like I'm like riddled in ADD, 
I get to like sit there and think about like, okay, who's holding the camera? Where are we? What are we doing? And I don't know. I feel like a really active participant in these movies and your film. It gives a lot because I feel like from act one to act two to act three, you're, you're doing a lot of mental uh, connecting the dots here. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I know it's weird. I want to dig into it and I'm almost tempted to just be like, let me shoot some ideas at him, but Robbie, I, mean, we, I think yeah, go ahead. it's like more of an experience, hopefully movie like takes on experience. So even if like things were spoiled, it would still be like, you'd still get to have the chaotic experience thing. But I mean, you could ask whatever I just might say like, no, I'm a, Every now and then I become too much of a fan of something and I slip away from what I should be doing because people listen to this stupid show. So I should be asking you questions like, what did your script look like? Because you got a lot of genuine performances here. And I'm wondering if you did the the brief outline and just let people play or did you write everything out? No, I didn't write uh, pretty much anything. (laughs) It's all in here, which means scattered. My process for this was images and then going from there playing around and then i would you know there were times where i would sit down and write i want to shoot this i want to shoot this this is what needs to happen but it was pretty fluid and it was also just filming everything that as we went along so how much footage did you shoot oh well my last found footage movie which i filmed last winter was like 35 hours of footage so I think probably something similar, maybe more because the one I filmed last year actually had more of a script. So maybe I would say like 30 to 40 hours of footage is what there is of this is a good guess. It's, it might be more though. It's funny because that's an incredible amount of yeah. footage. Yeah. I, don't even, I forget all my film school stuff. So the people we've talked to here, well, okay, what you you almost have a two hour movie. So look at the shooting ratio. It's two hours of on screen time, and then you have fucking like thirty five hours of potential, you know, visual art. And I remember what uh, Raphael, who did Descent into Darkness, shot eighty hours of footage, and then we had Adam Stillwell, who we had on a couple months ago, shot over two hundred. So. You know, yeah, but he lives in a van. I know. And also, he had no script or idea what the movie was going to be. So it's interesting because, you know, in found footage, the, the editor ends up becoming a, like, basically the auteur here. So we need it. We need a cool new French term for the editor being the singular voice. And I'm guessing you are the editor on The Outwaters. Yeah. And in French, is montage. Oh, thank I think you. I might be wrong. <laughs> At least sure it's montage. Oh, Mont- that doesn't work. Even Rocky has a montage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I edited it on this screen that I'm looking at right now. Oh, no. Are you a Thomas Burke type? Do you have four monitors in there and never leave? No, I am so much lazier than Thomas. I will like <laughs> edit. I will like edit for one day out of 15 and feel super accomplished and then watch a lot of like housewives and um, try to go on dates. Okay. Go back and watch another edit for another few hours. Thomas is wired in twenty four seven. I want to rat him out. So MT always picks up the phone. Do it. Can I? Can I? Thomas, I love you to death. I know Uh you're going to be so upset at this. Here we go. But he told me. No, I want the drama. This is. 
He this called me at work. Yes, he did. And he was like, can I tell you something? Oh, my God. And I'm like, I didn't want to know because I was, I was worried. Oh, I want to know. He told me that he occasionally has watched the feature film at two times speed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, when heart- I watched the new, uh, there's the new movie I made. I, I, I sent him a cut of it and I was like, so if you. Because he wanted to, he was bugging me for it. I was like, all right, but you have to put your phone away. You have to turn the lights off. You have to do all these things if you're going to watch it. Robbie, you're my man. You know, I, originally the whole found footage like obsession with me came from arguing with people who didn't, I felt like they weren't watching them correctly. And I'm like, with found footage movies, you have to fucking watch them. Like with Creep 2, I know I always bring up this example. But there's there's so much storytelling that is done just from the uh, camera movements. Like if they zoom in on something, like if, say they're framed up and there's a talking head and the cameraman gets bored and pans away and zooms in on some girl's butt walking by. You learn so much. There's so much story being told. And if you're on your fucking phone, you're not getting it. Also, you need to you need to have the music loud and you need to be paying attention. So. Again, Thomas, I love you to death, but my God, I had a mini heart palpitation there. And the, the, our third chair on the show, I remember he watched one of the movies for a guest that was coming on in a work meeting with the screen off. No, the audio off. Audio off, yeah. And we're like, then you didn't watch the movie. I know what's going on. <laughs> He's like, I got it. It kind of sucked. And we're like, oh my God, I wanted to fucking tackle him. It's kind of funny when... To have to explain that if you're not watching a movie, you're not watching the movie. (laughs) The saying I came up with right now is it's a movie, so you have to watch it. You boiled my tirade down into a very succinct sentence. You're you're a master, Robbie. Thanks. (laughs) Now, Robbie, what what time of year did you shoot this? Because this movie, you're in the desert, friend. I mean, so it's... uh... Mostly... um, Summer, so it was like over 100 degrees a lot. You dick. (laughs) (laughs) It was sweaty. Okay, well, okay, you have no script. You're dragging these three people out into the (laughs) desert. What is the relationship here? Did you actually do a casting call, or are they like your homies? Oh, no, they're friends. Friends and fam. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Then, you know what, that's probably why the chemistry on screen is so good. Because I'm like... And I, I cast, I cast people, I mean, obviously it has to be people that are available and can do it and would be down to do it. Uh, but I, I mean, I cast those people because I, they had stuff that I thought would come across naturally on camera. It did. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Now, okay. You had no script. Mm. Uh, and there's a moment where uh, your character, Robbie, shows up to his mom's house. Such a stretch playing Robbie. <laughs> and uh, she almost, she she breaks into tears upon seeing you. Was that, that's real? So this is one of those things that I feel like if I say, then it'll take something away from it if you watch it like so when i i try not to listen to audio commentaries either because then they'll explain the scene or how they did it and then i find myself next time i watch it being like oh this is how they did it instead of like watching it so i'm just not going to answer that question now i'm gonna i'm gonna counter you robbie now here's the thing 
I think a lot of fans of found footage actually watch these films because they're they're breaking down the craft. Because, you know, this is the only genre where every element of the movie should be uh, made by a character in the film. So, I mean, honestly, if we're breaking reality, though, it doesn't really work out. But I'm just curious because uh, sitting across from me on this table is the only other person I know on this planet who would show up as a surprise and their mom would start crying. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I know you don't like that. Me? <laughs> Can we talk about the last time you did it no, a little bit, no, please? No, no, it's no. a good story. Just do deep therapy instead of. <laughs> no, fine. Okay, fine. We no. won't talk about it. But I, what I wanted to say is, if that's real, what the fuck? Why aren't you visiting your mom, dude? I would just say that. Cause. Just cause. <laughs> no. She misses me. I don't have kids, nor do I want them, but I would imagine if I did and they moved across the country, it would not be fun. <laughs> so she's still back in Jersey. Oh, yeah. She's holding down that fort. All right. How, how do you like L.A. versus Jersey? Are you going to stay out here? Or are you going to abandon us now that you're going to have a slick new movie under your belt? <laughs> as soon as I get enough money to not live here, I want to move to Montreal or Hawaii. Are you reading the news? <laughs> you oh. want to go to Montreal? <laughs> well, it'll take some time. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't really love LA. <laughs> it has the it has those things. I've, I mean, I've been here since 2007, so it's I'm very used to it, and it feels like home, and you know, friends and all that kind of stuff. And Quentin Tarantino's movie theater is a bonus. But yeah, the, the new Beverly's good. He bought another one, didn't he? Did he yeah, buy a yeah. family? He bought the Vista, which I can walk to in yeah. like five minutes. So these are the things that are, you know, hold me here as baseball. Well, there's two things. Quentin Tarantino's movie theater and Amoeba Records. Uh, I feel like we're going to we're going to have a good argument when you come visiting the Bay Area. Have you ever been up here? Yeah, I didn't <sighs> love it. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you but I was up there working. So this time it'll be a different experience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, um, I like the architecture there much better than LA. And I like the show looking. So <laughs> I have hope. Yeah. I don't know. The Bay area is the lamest it's ever been like now. Yeah. We're, we're losing theaters left and right. Like it clearly you're a film fan. And uh, normally I would entice people with like, dude, we have like 11 indie theaters up here. But I think we're down to like five. And oh, yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer. I'm still going to make an effort, though. Well, I lived in New York and all my favorite places are now gone. So I'm just kind of hoping and it, that started happening here. There's a few left, but it, yeah, I see it going. Well, for film, the Republic, I'm sure Quentin will always have his theater. But yeah, I don't know. It's not the greatest city. It's like it looks trashy. Like how was last time you were here? Like it, it's gross. Most of the city's ugly. Where, where in LA are you? Hollywood. Okay. Oh fuck. Well, there you go. <laughs> I actually live in the shadow of the actual blue Scientology building, which can be seen in the outwaters for a brief moment when I'm filming a storm outside of my window. That blue building in the background, sure. you see it. It's the Scientology building. Here you are revealing the plot to your film. <laughs> and my address. 
Oh, I you love her address. I love a star. Well, I mean, it, mm. it's pretty. It's pretty easy to figure out where I live if you can tell. Yeah. You can see the blue Scientology building at the literal end of my block, which is on uh, Barendo Street. All right, all right. So you want to get yourself on the show? You got the coordinates too. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> Nigel Bach beat you to it. I think he literally just put his address out there. Put his entire yeah. Oh yeah. And he gets pissed <laughs> off when people show up. Mike. Yeah. Good job, dum dum. Well, he named one of his movies after his address. Maybe that, someone that, can just order me a pizza and send it here if you're listening. I'm by the Scientology building with a trucker hat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm single. One of the many Scientology, I mean, Scientology, the Church of Scientology, I mean, they're, they're a real estate company. That's what they do. Well, hold on. You seem to be caught up on the single thing. Maybe when we show the Outwaters, we, uh, instead of a Q&A, we have like a quick a dating. Mixer, a mixer. There we go. Uh, what do you call Any it? Game? The the speed dating. Speed dating. I can host speed dating. Dude, let's do it. We'll put a little table. Do you want to do that instead of a Q and A? We'll just we'll just do <laughs> yeah. a speed dating for you. Yes, please. How? All right, done. All right. Of, I'm uh, very serious. I know. <laughs> by the way, what percentage of the um, audience is uh, gay? Terrell. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Terrell's boyfriend in the Castro. Or I guess I could go do that. No, we will. We <laughs> advertise out there. Well, I mean, we used to advertise definitely at the Castro Theater, but... Uh, it's one of the dead. Yeah, there was a debacle out there. I don't know. I think the angry mob might have pushed them in the direction of doing screenings again, but mm. still being run by a corporation. So I don't know. And I, I find it hard to believe that you have a hard time dating. What, do you have like bad habits or something? You're like, you're a handsome dude. You're a talented filmmaker. Yet you're, what the hell's going on? I mean, love stuff, you know. I don't know. It's very rare that I um, feel that love thing. So I date a lot, but yeah. Oh, it's you. Yeah. He's, he's a searcher. <laughs> you're turning down people left and right. They get hooked. They're like, I need, I need some more Robbie. And then you're like, you just ghost them. Oh, I don't ghost. I say I'm not into you like that. Via text, right? Usually, no. Oh um, my God. No. Oh, so you, you, you no, love no. mom? <laughs> no, no. It's just the few times I've fallen in love over the years, it seemed reciprocated. And then at the three month mark, poof disappears. So that's what's happened so far. All right. Yeah. Now, are you, are you looking to be monogamous or are you one of these? Yeah, that's young, a like- of a, I'm a monogamy boy. So that's a bit of a problem in, in the gay world, it seems. It just makes it a little bit harder to find someone, I think. I don't know. I've been listening to a a philosopher who was talking about the problem with our modern culture is that the uh, gay community has decided to replicate the boring straight community where, you know, a lot of our culture and art was propelled by basically single men who were free to kind of like not worry about any of that. Is that philosopher Tim Dillon? No. (laughs) Why? It sounds like him. Oh, really? Yeah. He's a smart man, but you know, I tend to, I don't know. I don't know if I should agree or not, but it seems to make sense where, you know, if you're like married, you kind of get all the baggage of being married. And I'm just confused, Robbie, because it seems like your films are just coming out now and you want to get tied down. What's going on, man? I want to get tied down so bad. (laughs) I want a cocktail hour and I want to play two, one, two, by Azealia Banks. I have it all planned out. No, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. 
you're gonna regret all of this. I want to get married because you know it's gonna happen. Right. We're gonna find a table. I already got the taper candles. I got like hand, uh, what the fuck is it? Hand dripped or something? Those taper, they're uh, they're waxless. They I'm just, so excited, dude. Okay, well, already <laughs> I'm thinking of how we can fully accomplish this dating game Q and A mm-hmm. situation. So I think, Oksana, what we have to do is on the ticket site, when people purchase their ticket, we need to add a different box saying, you know, are you heterosexual, homosexual, <laughs> somewhere in between? That way we can filter the list here so I can have some candidates well, hold for on. the show. Does, Robbie get any, does he get any say in it? What if he's not into non-binary people? That's why we're going to get a mix here. All right. Do you have any preference, Robbie? Air he's your- the contestant. He has no say. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I like cute guys <laughs> <laughs> all right well fuck robbie what the hell you i i feel bad because this is gonna happen i've oh, clark this is the most excited clark's been about this fest all year is this uh in lieu of q a situation right now oh i'm excited <laughs> it's gonna work out well okay let's uh what are we gonna ask so you mentioned that you shot another found footage movie Yes. Now, how come I haven't heard it? Is it, where are you with it? I mean, I don't know. It's on Oksana's watch list on Letterboxd. We, we have communication problems. This is why I'm trying to talk <laughs> you out of marriage. Like, I was really into her when she was like a goth girl that one of my other friends was dating. But now that we're together, it's like the fantasy's gone. What? <laughs> He's an idiot. Don't listen to him. All right. I'm trying to save you, man. I want you to keep making found footage films. And you got one. Okay, Oksana, tell me about the film that you're following on Letterboxd. Kinsman Road. Um, Is this like a Wizard of Oz thing? In a way. I I know that uh, that's the movie that you sent the cut of to Thomas, right? Correct. Tom's already got a cut. And he watched it in three speed. (laughs) No, I told him he had to actually watch it. That's the one I was talking about. Okay. Okay. I want to know more. Can you say anything about it? Yeah. Um, I was just saying, yeah, I have literally no one uh, telling me what to do or not do, so I could just say whatever I want. Um, <laughs> Great. I totally uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's found footage. I, obvi- I wanted to do something totally different, though, than The Outwaters. So even though it's found footage, it has a completely different feel and style and format, and it's more of a mystery drama with a little bit of horror uh but i shot it on actual mini dv Ooh, and it's in new jersey and mostly autumn and winter it's very it's kind of like ugly looking um intentionally ugly looking i mean yeah so it's a mystery drama horror and it focuses a lot more on characters and and stuff than it's le- it's more of a straightforward film is what I would say than than the Outwaters in terms of like storytelling. Interesting, but it's still yeah. hopefully like hopefully it's unique and different too. Yeah, I mean, I you know I say interesting because with the Outwaters, I feel like there is a lot of character to the characters in that film. It's just you know one of the things I complain about about like. I don't know, Disney movies. Like I always use uh, the Mandalorian as an example. And it's like when a character walks into a frame, there's, you know, we have a hundred years of cinema behind us and we can already make judgments like pretty quickly. So like in the outwaters, when we have 
moments of people and there's like not a lot of a uh, connective tissue. I still feel like they're so fleshed out in that film. And I'm really curious to see what you would do with more like attention to that. Like in, in Tinsman road, did you have a script for that one or not a script in terms of like the exact dialogue, but all of the scenes were written in order and what needs to happen in them. Oh, you didn't even have that for the outwaters. Not really. It's like on scattered pieces of paper in the car. Yeah. But not, yeah, not really. <laughs> so what kind of direction? It was, it was really, a lot of it was in my head. Like I, I'm pretty good at remembering and keeping the things aligned in my head. I mean, it's better to write it though. I would say it's better to write it out. You know, the only issue that I see is just giving people direction. Like these, your cast must've really trusted you. Um, <laughs> I've gotten better at giving direction. I, my first feature, which is also not out yet, I was pretty terrible at giving direction in terms of like communicating what I wanted from people. And then that was embarrassing. So <laughs> I got better with that for the Outwaters. And then, but still fucked up a lot. So then I got better with that for Tinsman Rose. So I, I, I'm, I'm better now. But I used to just like point the camera and barely articulate anything and just i don't know what i was like i was ex expecting that people would know what i was thinking but it didn't work out that well i mean did it, was I there a question like... and i don't feel like it started wait what was there a question i i don't know if i no, know no. oh okay we're mostly conversational here anyway so whenever i uh have a random thought come to mind i'll just elaborate and hearing you say that i feel like the lack of direction you, oh God, when we did Uff 24 Hour, Clark um, was, you know, he played a host character for our live stream. And he made it a point to drag people on camera with no direction to kind of capture a, uh, you know, the natural anxiety. I, of course, was a victim to this. And I feel like it, it really does lend uh, to the authenticity of found footage. So I'm, I'm curious how much of that really came across in your film. Because, dude, the performance is everything. There's a new term I've learned, which is premium um, mediocrity, I believe, where, uh, you know, our technology is so good now. You can make something that 20 years ago would have looked like shit and, you know, had a shitty script and everything is just bad. will look beautiful. And there's a lot of TV like that. And you kind of got to be careful because you can't just, like, look at something and judge it anymore. But there's a lot of heart in your movie. So, Thanks. oh man, yeah, I dude, I, mean, I, 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 wanted, to good, I wanted it to be good, so I tried to make it good. <laughs> I well, I feel like you're talented, and uh, you've got the kind of quirk that uh, all the filmmakers I love have. I mean, not the like pedophilia stuff that my oh. uh, I, I just bought a book. <laughs> I just, Oksana just bought a Roman Polanski book, and I felt <laughs> so bad because when you brought it up, I actually had a thought of like, oh, are they gonna like judge us on this thing? And I fucking hate that. I, I'm spending Who brought too much up time Polanski. Away. I thought I love Polanski, but uh, oh, you're talking Oksana, about a different podcast. You were talking no, no. We were at Amoeba, and she brought oh. a book up, and I was like, man, I feel fucking lame for having this thought. What was that book about? I didn't even. It was a biography okay. of like, you know, because he, he has had no matter what you think of him, he's had like a very eventful life. And I was like, yeah, including raping 13 year olds in hot tubs. Continue. We got shot at by Nazis, too. 
Both sure. his parents went to a, the sure. worst concentration. I mean, camp. honestly, you know, that that's how this works. It, it starts <laughs> off be, being shot by Nazis and it ends by giving a 13 year old a Quaalude and butt fucking her in a jacuzzi. Oh my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> We're really laying out the roadmap for you here, Robbie. <laughs> Get me canceled on my first podcast. <laughs> Well, you have to do your research. You knew you were coming in here. <laughs> and you have a movie that, honestly, I feel... I have all these notes, and I'm like, I don't want to ask you about any of them. You can. I, it's dumb. I don't... I, oh. They're all, like, specific things, and I'm like... Also, we're, we're hosting the film fest. Yeah. So I'm kind of like... Mm. And we've been told that we give away too many things on this show. Uh, we also give away this show for free. So fuck <laughs> all of you. And also, uh, we haven't been told that. I get yelled at it, but you're the victim or you're the perpetrator. Yeah, but I'm the talent, so you gotta take all the right. heat. Thank you so much. Robbie, I hope I hope you're excited to come out here and hang I out with us. I'm so excited. All right, because I I'm feel like it might go so many now. shots of tequila and whiskey. <laughs> all right. Oksana, you're on Robbie Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Well, Oksana hangs out in the lobby the whole time. It's not really the most fun. Wait, when when are you coming out? Are you going to be here for uh, St. Patrick's Day? When's that? Thursday? I don't know. I'm going to be there 17th. 18th, oh, yep. 19th, then you'll be here. And 20th. But I have to leave on the 20th because I'm, I'm going to be with Scott and Ange from the movie. And Scott has to work Monday morning. So That's not bad. Actually, you know, we can talk about it. Except for like the second half of the last day. Well, I mean, this is going to go up on Thursday. So hopefully everything will be announced by then. So we can talk about it. You're actually, you're coming out here with the whole like new wave of found footage filmmakers. What, you're going to have Isaac with you. I believe Thomas is coming out. Yeah. I heard a a while ago, I haven't spoken to him recently, but I think Dutch said he was going to come out too. I'll I'll harass him into doing that. Yeah, are you all homies now? Like, do you all communicate? We communicate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thomas, Thomas, like you know, hooks it up <laughs> with all the like putting us in touch with each other and stuff. So I've talked to Dutch and Isaac and Thomas. I mean, um. For those listening, I hope that's very exciting to you because I'm very excited. Like I, the idea, I mean, honestly, I feel like it is a new wave of like found footage movies coming out and you all kind of hit this year. I mean, I feel a little guilty for not uh, picking up on Isaac earlier. The fool's made uh, what? 10 movies in a dinosaur porno already. And you know, it wasn't really on our children. (laughs) And Dude, that sh- and I heard it got picked up by Lionsgate or a, a subsidy so, yeah. of the uh, yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited to hang out with y'all. And given the Bay Area's climate, who knows? Our theaters may be full of just filmmakers at this point, which honestly, I'd I'd be down for. Getting there, yeah. But um, we're really excited to show your film. Hey, I uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. Yeah, and I think it's going to be great in a theater. Uh, I will tell you, you know, I watched it obviously on my television. didn't Didn't watch it downstairs, mm-hmm. and uh, I am very interested to see about the uh, the audio. I'm a little. Theater. I wanted you guys test that out maybe before just with some of those snaky. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get to say that. Cut, Randy. Cut that out. 
he he can't mention anything. Play a little uh, audio thing over there because I have all these like notes that I'm like I'm not going to mention earthquakes that like gives things away. Yeah. Although, have you ever looked through an earthquake? As the word tumbled out of my mouth, I was like, "Shit!" So <laughs> I'm on that same page with you. Thanks. No, no, I'm not backing off this now. Have you ever lived through an earthquake? Yes, yes. Where were you on the west coast or were you back home? Um, I was crouching right here. Yeah, yeah you no. know those famous New Jersey earthquakes. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no. Remember the fault line over there? <laughs> I was in a few larger, scarier ones in LA, but that's the only place. Yeah, because I, uh, yeah, that's the only place. LA, it's been LA. Now, w- were you terrified? Only for three of the like five. Well, yeah, I guess that's more than less. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> not terrified, just kind of like excited. But like, should I go outside or stay in? Is this building gonna collapse or not? I know you're not supposed to PSA. You're not supposed to run outside because that's a lot of people die from shit falling on them, like glass. Yeah. But when you feel like the buildings, when it's the the feeling of perhaps the building collapsing makes you just want to take that risk. Oh, I did sure. run outside out of one of them. It just felt like it was going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I was just like, Oh, this building was from the twenties. So I don't know. Were there other people out there? Everybody on the block was in the street for that one. And I've never seen that before. So yeah, now, that was a f- three or four, maybe three years ago. Yeah. I, I was in the middle that. of watching Assassination Nation, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I never watched that movie. No, no, no. Was it good? I like it. I don't think it's brilliant, but I like it a lot. It kind of looks like pop, pop trashy. I don't know if that's a genre, but I just remember the Alamo had replaced a bunch of old film posters that they had when they uh, remodeled the building with a bunch of Assassination yeah. shit. Uh, Judd Apatow's kid is in that, I think. Yeah, who's his kid? Uh, I forget her name. Maude. She's great. Yeah. I, I'm I'm enjoying her in uh, Euphoria. She's great in that. I'm I'm mixed on Euphoria. It's a it's interesting. I don't, you know, teens behaving badly makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's like my favorite yes. shit. Well, check out Euphoria. <laughs> what it, it, TV show? Russell, it's like the most hottest show TV. ever. Dude. I don't care about TV. I I I did. It's really not want- TV. It's HBO. <laughs> Get it together. I fucking hate you. All right. Uh, well, before we wrap up here, I do have a breaking news here um, to circle back on something that we did establish earlier uh, from Randy in the chat. Bring it on. Cheer or die is coming out this year. That will be number seven in the series. Oh, I'm behind. It's a slasher film. <laughs> there we go. Well, Robbie, how do you feel about this fucking Foo Fighter horror movie? I think it looks bad and I don't want to see it. Um, I don't like their music. Not that I think their music is bad. It's just not my thing. Uh, I'd be down for seeing a movie like that if it looked good, but it doesn't. And not the trailer didn't make me laugh uh, once. So, Oh, is it a comedy? Yeah. So oh, if, fuck no. Are they fighting well, food? I mean, it could be one of those things where the trailer just sucks. And if I hear that it's really good, then I might see it. But it's just nothing about it um, makes me want to see it, so I probably won't. You know, but, I took you as not a trailer guy. I tr- so, uh, I intellectually, I'm not a trailer guy, but then um, I can't help myself. 
So with Scream, I watched the first trailer and then I did not watch anything after that or read anything, but I had to watch the first trailer. All right. Well, as an ambassador of the gay community, uh, I need to ask you a question because um, Terrell, our uh, in-house ambassador of the gay community, gave me a ton of shit when we were in the theater watching Scream 5 because I wanted Gail Weathers to die. And he said, no. well, the gay community would have came for you. Is that true? Yes. Why? Why is she such an icon? I don't know, but I, I mean, I, well, I love all three of them, but I mean, don't want to lose Gail or, or uh, Sydney. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know what it is. I don't want any of them to die, but I did because they had to. It's been five movies, like one of them. <laughs> yeah, the, the Scooby Gang. Somebody had to go, and yeah. I thought it should have been fucking Gale. Well, I think I we could have got. I like that it wasn't because now, if there's more and they're in it now, uh, Sydney and Gale's relationship can grow deeper, which is what I would find of the possibilities the most interesting for the. Uh, 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 and then they'll kill Gale. No, here's here's what happens. We keep Dewey, and then he splits away, and then we get a whole spinoff thing. We get Dark Dewey. DD? DD. I like it. Too late. On, he said. <laughs> oh, we call it Dirty Dewey. It's a prequel. No, we call it Dirty Dewey. He's like Dirty Harry roaming around. And every Halloween, he starts murdering children wearing that costume. There you go. He'll, he'll probably accept the role. <laughs> I'll just say that when I saw Scream uh, about... It seemed like 70% of the audience was gay. And I was like, ooh, like every time someone came in, I was like, ooh, who's that? Um, <laughs> so I don't know what it is, but I, Scream is pretty, it's, it's the gays love it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get I don't gay. Think I, it's, it's, I think it's Sydney, something about Sydney. Sydney's great. And I remember when I was younger watching Party of Five, I was a fan of Nev Campbell. And she looks amazing still. Gail? Don't know what happened. I think I think she looks fine. Not a fan. I I really wanted her to die. I feel no. kind of bad about it. I know. <laughs> well, she, she had it coming. Deal with it. I can't. All right. You know what? I I'm looking forward to hanging out with you on Thursday and uh, talking about Scream Five, which is a constant topic ever since the movie came out here. So on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday's going to be St. Patrick's Day. Oh, you mean a month from now? Yeah, a month. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, when? Okay, I'm going to shut up. You're in LA. I mean, fuck it. Drive up. We'll hang out on Thursday and talk about Scream. I don't have a car. That's why I made a found footage movie. <laughs> <laughs> you could end it right there. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>